supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing. What would be bad is for us not to fight back. Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV LP, and it is a pleasure to be here. This is Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary. Before we continue on, let me quickly remind you all that WHIV is a volunteer-driven community radio station that honors independent voices with your support. So please stand for human rights and social justice by becoming a member of WHIV today. You can do that by going to whivfm.org. Click support and you will help us out significantly. All donations uh, or anything that you give to WHIV will definitely turn into a tax uh, uh, write-off uh, for you all. You can also pick up some uh, cool swag at the at our store. Uh, oh, there's a uh, there's a fanny pack right there. Wait, hold on, I had no idea, man. I've never seen the fanny. God, they're actually pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, one of our guests here has a uh, has a fanny pack. How cool is that? Yeah, I it's think n- my zoom in it. Yeah, it's nice and sturdy. So. Yeah, hang on, hang on before you guys say anything. All right, all right. So anyway, go uh uh you can go to the store. So that's what that's what Jeff did. We're going to bring Jeff on in just a quick second. Uh thank y'all for helping us to honor independent voices. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with the radio station. This is the radio station that's also very close uh with a great entity and organization that's pretty amazing uh and that is New Orleans Airlift. So 102.3 WHIV is proud to announce New Orleans Airlift is celebrating 10 years of creation and collaboration with New Orleans artists and culture bearers. Alumni artists that have performed uh, uh, with the Airlift uh, uh, include Lost Bayou Ramblers. Actually, I was at one of the shows and it was amazing. Members of Animal Collective, Bounce artists Ha Sizzle, uh, Katie Red, uh, Jack Mizrahi, and Twiggy Garçon of uh, television drama series Posse, and members of the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra are returning to create new work at the Contemporary Arts Center on November 9th. Tickets and more information are available at cacno.org forward slash airlift uh, 10th anniversary. Before we continue, let me just say real quickly, uh, I just wanted to again thank the folks from the Restore the Mississippi River Delta, and particularly Steve Cochran uh, for an amazing hour of talking to me about and understanding what a diversion of sediment is and how we can actually restore the wetlands in a safe uh, way uh, in, in, a, in a manner uh, that is kind of consistent with uh, with uh, 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 with how Mother Nature had intended things to be. If you missed any part of that, uh, it'll be online tomorrow morning uh, at uh, whivfm.org forward slash health is a human right. And again, more information about them can be found at Mississippi River Delta.org. Again, thank you uh, so much for those guys appearing on air. Today, uh, my uh, my guest hosts uh, <laughs> are uh, hosts themselves of another WHIV radio program. Uh, uh, and you have heard them uh, on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Uh, with their great show called Good Morning Comrades. And today with us, we have two hosts uh, and a third who went to go get some coffee. Yeah. So I guess he'll be back. Or, or uh, I like to call it Kofifi. Kofifi, yeah, Kofifi. <laughs> I'll, never st- I'll never get tired. Yeah, I, I'll jokes. never. I I actually think that Kofefe is how they're going to describe the Trump administration at some mm. point. Have you heard the uh, Randy? Um, have you heard the the? I have I I I, uh, I have it here on WHIV. It's uh, called Kofefe, and he kind of did it as an opera. Oh, uh, no. Randy Randy Rainbow. <laughs> it was uh, it was actually really funny. Uh, I'll, I'll play a, a little bit of it in just a bit. Yeah. But, uh, Jeff Barrow, yeah, uh, yeah. Scott Barrow, Barrow, Barwa, Barwa, mm-hmm. yeah. Barwa. You nailed it. All right, and then Robert Johnson, who kind of took a step. 
step outside. Uh, and uh, today, I know we got tons of time to talk about some things that we're going to get into pretty detail with. Uh, Jeff uh, is, uh, I guess, Jeff and I first met several years back. Um, yeah, uh, with- I was doing Jenny's show. You were doing Jenny's show, uh, mm-hmm. but also just to kind of give a little background on you, you're you're a teacher. Yep, and you're in fifth grade special education in Jefferson Parish. Got it, and also a strong and a, and of course you caught my attention more than anything else was because of your uh, interest in and in the fighting uh, and the representation and organizing that you do with labor, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, unions. And I would love to hear about your uh, your recent trip uh, up to uh, Chicago uh, oh, yeah. as well. And uh, you're incredibly knowledgeable about all things labor. Uh, and unionization. Let's not the bar too high. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I was certainly just... more, certainly, certainly more than me. Uh-huh. And, uh, and 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 you have done an amazing job. Oh, uh, and uh, and Scott is always is a, it's a pleasure uh, having uh, you here as well. But we're going to be talking about labor uh, uh, issues that are happening globally, and then we're certainly mm-hmm. kind of turning it inwardly, uh, talking about some labor issues here uh, in the U.S., and then ultimately moving over into Medicare for all because I think that. Some of the um, policies, uh, certainly talking specifically not about Medicare for all, but talking particularly about Elizabeth Warren's uh, construct for her mm-hmm. plan and how it was going to pay for. Uh, both Jeff and I uh, read uh, through her plan on her website. I strongly encourage everybody who's listening to go and do so. It is uh, it, it it was incredibly well referenced with great uh, hyperlinks to the sources of uh, where she claimed uh, money can be found. Mm. Uh, and then the probably the best part about it is that it is done in plain English. It mm. is not uh, legal ease uh, <laughs> at all. And if you go to, I think it's ElizabethWarren.com. I think it's the is a website. I don't even think mm. I don't even think it's like Elizabeth Warren for put uh, it in the in the yeah search, search bar, bar <laughs> and, and you'll get to it. So with that being said, Jeff, I guess I guess you know um, I guess a good place to start is you went to you went to Chicago for the teacher strikes. Yeah, we I made guess a trip out to Chicago. Myself, uh, Michael, um, Michael, who's one of the co-chairs of um, DSA New Orleans, a good friend of mine. Also, we had a friend come from Northwest Arkansas, and um, another who was formerly from, uh, oh, he, he, formerly in New Orleans. Now he's based out of Atlanta, but he came up as well, and we made the trip up to show some solidarity with the uh, with the school workers. Uh, so, to just to fill everybody in, um, over the past several weeks. Um, just ending last Friday was the first day they went back to school. But the Chicago Teachers Union uh, had been on strike for, I believe, it was 11 days. And the one of the things that were really remarkable about this is that in addition to bargaining for, um, the, in, in addition to bargaining for uh, the you know pay and insurance and all the typical things that that you'd expect with um a, like a you know any kind of labor action there was a lot of bargaining for what would people call bargaining for the common good so the um one of the things that were a headline like a number one uh, um a number one issue and demand that the Chicago Teachers Union put forward was more social workers in schools um, because they have like they had like three thousand or like two thousand to one student to social worker ratio, and they wanted more nurses in school. Three, hold on, three thousand, three thousand kids to, to one, 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 one social uh, worker. I believe it was either two. I think it was two thousand for social workers and three thousand for nurses. And so that was one of the big a kind of like you know a one above the fold demands that they put forward. And another one that was extremely controversial um, because it was sort of viewed as not technically or potentially 
uh, and I would say in bad faith by the uh, Lori Lightfoot administration. Um, like they said, that it would be they don't have grounds to argue for um, the this, but they fought for uh, the availability of public housing for their stu- students and their families because one of the big issues with with children, especially in large cities like Chicago, who are, which uh, is getting uh, the word the word gentrification is often used, but um, I was going to say massively gentrified. Yeah, um, but Adolf Reed taught me to use the term uh, rent intensified redevelopment because that's what it is. It's a much more accurate description <laughs> as rent. rent intensified redevelopment. So uh. essentially, just pr- like raising rents, and so people have to move, and that's how you can sort of change these entire neighborhoods um, from right. the people that were there. That's very, and to d- that's very relevant to New Orleans too. Well, it's I mean it's every major city right now, Chicago in- included, and. Um, Anyway, so they made the demand to make public housing available for children who were in Chicago public schools and their families, as well as teachers as well, because um, the, <laughs> the, the teachers, it, it, teaching isn't a super great paying job, and with, with rents going up all the time, it's not um, something that would, you basically are you have to live in the city of Chicago unless you get like waivers for teaching special education or anything um, to, to teach in the city of Chicago. And if you don't, then you can't teach there. So if the, if the rents are continuing to go up, it also impacts teachers as well. It's hard to live there if you don't make a whole lot of money. You know, and the same is true with other, like, you know, I don't know, uh, particularly in Chicago, but I've heard of this, certainly when I was living in Cleveland when I was doing residency, that police uh, people and, and uh, fire people also had to live in the cities that they mm-hmm. were, were, that they were uh, at least in, in, you know, and so I would imagine that it affects them as well mm-hmm. in terms of other folks that are, you know... City workers. I mean, city a lot workers, of times they're... Blue the, collar. Yeah, you have to live within the... You have to live within the city limits, but mm-hmm. then it becomes harder and harder to do so, especially if, let's say you bought your your house 30, 30 years ago, now you own it, but now all the houses around you are being flipped uh, you know, for more Airbnb or what have you. Property uh, uh, taxes are, are increasing, and, mm-hmm. and if you know, especially folks that are on a fixed income, it mm-hmm. becomes hard to pay off those property taxes right. uh, uh, as well. And, and that's, you know, like yeah. you said, it's all part of the gentrification process. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, what you do bring up, though, is something that I, I have seen happen in West Virginia. I think were there strikes in Arizona where there was teacher strikes in West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Arizona were the ones oh. that were from last spring, right? Um, and then, uh, well, yeah. So there was, spring there was that minor strike this summer. Th- there was a lot. So we we're, we're going to get into a lot of that stuff, but there, but but specifically for education, uh, there were the red state strikes that took place in um, fall twenty. Red state strikes. The red I've state revolt. That. Yeah, the red uh, well, state. That is awesome. Actually, um, on one of our earlier episodes, we um, interviewed a friend of mine, Eric Blanc, who's a, a author for Jacobin Magazine. He right. um, is a student up at NYU, and he wrote a book called Red State Revolt right. on the red state strikes that took place sure. that year. And then the following. Um, Spring was oh there was also a walkout and uh, sorry it was a sick out in um, I don't remember exactly but there was an, an action that took place in North Carolina that summer as well uh, uh, that spring as well but then the following uh, spring is when Los Angeles teachers was one of the largest um, one of the largest school districts in the state of Louisiana in the, in the, in the country rather excuse me but um, 
Los Angeles schools, those teachers walked out and school workers and everybody. Right. Uh, and yes. then that also had a ripple effect in Oakland and it had a right. ripple effect in Denver. And it right. still continues to this day. And and I also just want to just one, just acknowledge that I actually went to public school in Los Angeles. Uh, so I just, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the education I got at the LA Unified uh, District LUSA, Schools. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're tuned in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. It's so nice to be back in the studio. Next week, we will be back uh, in uh, uh, back at the Ace Hotel. I think we're going to have the mayor's pack on, and we're no. going to be talking about the four uh, the four bills uh, or uh, initiatives that are on the ballot. And uh, we will have uh, the chief of staff, the deputy chief of staff, the head of the Human Rights Commission, and one other individual on. Each one of them will talk for about 15 minutes to talk about the initiative uh, and uh, and how uh, they would like uh, everybody to be educated about what those initiatives are. But right now we have on uh, Jeff Barwa. Hey. All right. And Scott Barwa. Yeah. God, I can't That's believe it. It's, it's so it's, – it's, it's not Cajun, is it? Is no, it, it's, it's, it's actually uh, – It's old French. It's old French, huh? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I actually did a little etymological research, and it actually comes – like the, the location where at least the name comes from – Berwa, um, but it's a, like a sort of like Alsace-Lorraine sort of like border area, oh, and the root is bar, which yeah. literally is oh, like cool. it's the border yeah. town between yeah. Germany. It's, and called, <laughs> it's called Bar de Luck, and uh, two things that are famous from there is pepper jelly and Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, both Jeff and Scott are, uh, are hosts on their own radio program here on WHIV, uh, which is Good Morning Comrades, uh, Tuesday at 8 a.m., uh, you can find their podcast on the WHIV uh, website mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, and they put out two shows a week, one that they air on Tuesday mornings and another one that they put up, usually, you said, on Thursdays as well? Okay, yeah, so most Thursdays, it's not every week, but we do have an uh, episode that goes out. A lot, um, sometimes they're in the same format as our regular shows, but also, also we'll do interviews uh, with folks. Got it. Um, we, uh, coming up this Thursday, actually, we have an interview with one of the – uh, workers that I met when I went to uh, the parts facility in Brandon, Arizona during the UAW strike, which we can talk about a little bit. Got too. it. So I guess the 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 point that I was going to uh, start making uh, before we just the, 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 did the station ID is that something that you're seeing certainly with all the red state revolts or mm-hmm. the red state strikes, and then certainly we saw it in Chicago as well. Um, and I have to say that this is probably largely due to the fact that and that women, that teachers are still mostly women, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and you know. But you saw that the teachers were not only striking for themselves and striking for their you know th- getting better pay and mm-hmm. better benefits or what have you, but they also were striking for children. Mm-hmm. They were, as you said, they in in the form of public housing and their parents, and they were also striking for the other workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the schools that typically don't have voices like custodians and cafeteria and food workers mm-hmm. and having more social workers and and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 in and, and it just to me was just really amazing you know just strikes are amazing period but mm-hmm. to see and, and and I'm glad that we are in an era where sh- people are striking again but the 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 established the the establishment or the status quo are going to bear down on those strikers because they right. do not like to lose at all ever uh but the it's amazing that these that these 
teachers unions are really doing an amazing job where they're getting enough people to really kind of stand strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so I mean, is that is that a fair observation to That's see a very that fair observation. that all that we're seeing these teachers from all over uh, that are not only striking for themselves but are striking for other folks? Yeah, well, so and again, one of the things that in in a lot of the popular rhetoric around um, education reform um, and the education reform movement is that like teachers are the, the interests of teachers and children are somehow at odds, right? The idea that your teacher is going to go in there and just try and make your kid fail or whatever, um, or either that or they're incompetent or they're lazy, or there's a lot of these uh, things that are attributed to like the large majority of teachers or, or whatever. And so what we end up getting are these policies that, take away the decision-making that teachers can, can do. And, and um, with things like Teach for America, uh, they basically make it so that teachers can be easily replaced. They put in very, very onerous um, evaluation systems to try and just, just always keep teachers on the defensive. And so there's just – and then there's curriculum that teachers don't actually have a whole lot of control over. They're sort of – pushed into doing very specific things in, the, in a lot of the uh, professional decision-making, a lot of the selection of what, you know, what you would read or, you know, how you would approach it gets taken out of their hands. And there's, there's, you know, they'll always have a study or they'll always have, you know, this expert or that, that'll tell you about, um, this is why we're making these decisions from on high. But the, the, at the end of the day, you're taking the decisions uh, 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 you're taking a lot of the decision-making power in the schools away from the people who know not only the job that they're doing because they do it every day more than anybody else in the world. They know the kids that, that they're in there doing it with. And so when you sort of put them in that position, they can do one or two things. They can quit or they can fight. Right. And then, I mean, I guess what we saw after Katrina here in New Orleans is we, you know, we saw mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, a decimation of the teacher class here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially 5,000 uh, teachers were fired almost overnight. Yeah. Uh, and in doing so, you got rid of that very powerful union. Mm-hmm. Uh, United uh, Teachers New Orleans. United Teachers in New Orleans. And then it was replaced. Uh, you know, not only did you have institutional knowledge there, you also had uh, folks that had jobs that sustained a middle class. Class, a robust mm-hmm. middle class here in New Orleans, uh, and let's just be frank: these were mostly black women, not exclusively, yeah. but these were a lot of black women uh, as well. Uh, and then that was completely replaced with young uh, uh, kids, uh, mm-hmm. young people, uh, well, young, young adults. People, I'm well, sure. I'm, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm no criticisms of the people who came down yeah, no, whatsoever. The, they, the, problem, not the, the system is the problem. They're like from out of town too. Like it's a very sort of a um, like a almost a. Like a savior mentality, almost like a like we're gonna go and do like, almost like missionary work. Yeah. Right. It's almost like sign up for Greenpeace or something. Mm. Right, or you know, it was the equivalent of like, like um, um, it when people go around the world, uh, uh, Peace Corps, Peace Corps, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It was kind of like I mean that was essentially what you know I think yeah. it was Obama's plan, right? I mean I think wasn't I think it was like kind of a U.S. version of. Of of Peace Corps, but uh, like AmeriCorps or something. Yeah, like that. AmeriCorps. No, no, that was Clinton. Was that yeah, Clinton? I think it was Clinton. But I'm not the AmeriCorps guy. Uh, I know that uh, we've we've actually in uh, some of our older episodes we've talked with Robert, who was a part of AmeriCorps, and we actually had a really interesting interview with Katie Meyer, who actually recently, probably a couple months ago, left town. Uh, we had a really interesting uh, discussion about um, one year. 
which is like a sub program uh, inside yeah, of it, which yeah. was which was really fascinating. If Robert comes back, then right, we'll I talk would love with him to about hear it. about that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but in doing so, though, what, what what happened also was by getting rid of the teachers, you got rid of the people mm-hmm. who, just like you said, that were the ones that knew they they were the 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 you know they worked with the kids, they were in the classrooms. They were the experts, mm-hmm. and by removing them systematically in one fell swoop, what you then did was replace them with young people mm-hmm. who are just starting their careers, who are not empowered, not who, tenured, n- not tenured, they don't know who, what they're doing. Who, who don't have a voice, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can then put in folks who were the quote unquote new experts, yeah. the ones that then kind of started to move the needle toward capitalization yeah. or uh, started to kind of create obviously how the charter school system started and then you started to see uh, you know people being able to make money off of schools. Is that a fair characterization? Yeah, no, yeah absolutely. And, and so there's one of these things that also um, it's, it's sort of like one of these funny workarounds with the charter schools um, that Charter schools are technically nonprofit organizations, but the management organizations that run the schools they can be for profit. So right. it's like 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 which one of these like how it's it's very sleight of hand shell game sort of situation where the money's all hiding at too. I mean, not to bring back the the miners, but that's how those mining companies work too. They always yeah, that, some, you know, it's no different. They have some front that's like, oh, we're the we're the the front for this company and we're the face of the company and when anything goes wrong like they set up a union or uh, there's a big accident they have to pay out all this money if they ruin a town they just that the entity goes out of business, but all the money goes up to the parent company. Right, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, I mean that these the I, I've seen. In fact, I just saw an example of that, and I'm trying to call it to mind where the, a lot of these corporations will have these smaller subcontractors, or you know, and they're a, oh, I remember it was when AOC was uh, it was when AOC was uh, questioning Mark Zuckerberg, uh, yeah. <laughs> and remember, and spicing me to ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she asked him about uh, was it red state is that is that they were the, asking about like who controls who the contr- content and she right. was like well we have all these entities and we have an organization that we work with that uh, they verify and uh, check all these for variability right this is an exact mm-hmm. is this yeah, an yeah. example of what you guys were just talking about yeah, right like Zuckerberg was just like hey if you got a problem you need to talk to them bring them to court well, well I mean, it's a bureaucratic insulation right right yes. what it is it, it, it gives you enough deniability yes. so that you can just if somebody messes up you can right. just say well that's them and not me right you know they're I, a contractor or whatever I, I can just see that 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 there was some conference somewhere where somebody some corporation was like hey look what we did and it worked and then they like you know and then all of a sudden all the ceos on the conference were like oh damn that's a good idea <laughs> and then that's how that uh, mm-hmm. that I mean, seed kind of spread throughout the uh, corporate I mean, world just like that saying success has a thousand fathers but uh like failures of uh, an orphan <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, definitely, uh, Lori Lightfoot, who's the Chicago mayor, um, mm-hmm. was uh, I think the first female mayor of Chicago. First, first female and first um, first gay mayor as well. If I'm not got mistaken. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she had come with you know, and of course, I know. Don't fall in love with your politicians because they're going <laughs> to invariably always disappoint you. Right. Um, but she, you know, I remember kind of following that election and being very supportive of of her. I think it was there were two females that were running against mm. one another. Maybe one slightly better than the other. Yeah, and the, I think Lori, the, the one that 
CTU backed was the other person whose name escapes me at the moment. Got it. Okay, CTU is the Chicago, Chicago Teachers, Teachers Union. Union. Okay, one, yeah. but she still spoke. I remember her speaking, and I have heard interviews with the Chicago teachers, um, also saying, "Hey, listen, man, she was for smaller class sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was. She seemed to kind of walk the walk. I mean, talk the talk. Right. But when it came time to walk the walk, she didn't do so. What what happened? Uh, she was full of crap. I mean, that's it. all there is to it. When you step into the uh, role of governor, um, mayor. No, I'm sorry, yeah, beg your pardon, mayor. Uh, when you step into that role, um, and you could sort of see the lay of the situation, and maybe it doesn't seem quite as possible, or maybe you don't want to do the thing that you said you wanted to do. You're just doing. You say anything to get into that job, or 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 whatever. And there has to be a mechanism to no matter what they're saying, no matter who the person is, it doesn't matter what the politi- who the politician is. If there is mechanisms to hold whoever accountable and put them in the position that you can just basically say, okay, if you do this, then we're going to destroy you. Right. Then, then that's the only thing that you can ever rely on. You can't ever like like trust. You don't. Have, I don't. Have, that's not a luxury we can afford. Sure. You know. So how bad did Rahm Emanuel screw? I mean, when he closed like forty eight. Mm-hmm public schools you know probably doubling the class sizes mm-hmm. in other public schools right there that that really had a chilling effect i would mm-hmm. imagine right a uh, chilling effect on well i mean it just it just basically it it must have decimated and it created a burden mm-hmm. i mean what the the purpose of closing those schools was really i see it as ultimately to move toward chartered school systems Correct. by breaking the system and being oh look at the system is broken yeah, yeah. you know and and i and i'm imagining that these teacher strikes are a result of that yeah so and again there was a teacher strike in uh, Chicago in 2012, which was in response to a lot of these school closings. Yes, I remember out. that. Right. And uh, that one, I, and I'm not exactly sure, like, I'm not as familiar with that one as well. I've definitely read some books and I can, um, uh, on the issue, but, but that was mostly um, focused on the organization that was sort of like the controlling caucus of the Chicago Teachers Union called the Caucus for Rank and Roll Educators. Regardless of that, um, that's really important stuff, but like, that's just another story. But, but anyway, uh, they went on strike, and I guess it was sometime between then and now uh, that there was actually a moratorium declared on in Chicago schools on charter schools, so they cannot be any more put, put forward. Uh, and also, so that one, and that one, if you look at the um, current position that we're in with these teacher strikes and with these, with the way that, um, with the way that um, there have been reform caucuses that have been popping up in um, t- in teachers unions, so um, in Chicago, not in Chicago, there was a group called the Caucus of Rank and File Educators that um, basically were an extremely democratic organization that decided that they were going to, you know, organize, and they took over with this entire you know reform platform. Um, not like like a, like a like a change the union, make it make it the image of it like members run this union is basically what they say. Uh, then they had another uh, group like that that took over in um, Los Angeles called Union Power. It's actually statewide. Uh, they actually just recently um, had victories in with these kinds of groups in the Baltimore Teachers Union and in um, I know that they have a statewide one in like Massachusetts. It's, it's basically a, 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 a entire. Um, entire different approach and framework and, and network that's developing that's really exciting because it, it changes the way that uh, people interact with their with their unions and with the way that the unions behave in terms of doing this kind of community you know centered and 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 worker centered and, and working class basically centered 
um, advocacy and action and organizing. If you're tuned in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Mark Allendary, and you're listening to Resistance Radio. Today, uh, my uh, guest co-hosts are uh, actually show hosts of their uh, of their own, as you can tell, the expertise by which they uh, uh, are talking off the cuff uh, <laughs> and also uh, their ability to uh, project appropriately into the microphone. That I don't have to remind him how to speak into the <laughs> microphone, which I appreciate. And, of course, that's Chef Barois, as well as his brother, Scott Barois, and uh, their show is Good Morning Comrades, which is available uh, to listen live on Tuesday at 8 a.m., and you can stream their shows on WHIV, uh, uh, org forward slash Good Morning Comrades. Good hyphen morning hyphen comrade. Good, good hyphen morning hyphen comrades. Yeah, I memorized it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you'll see Good Morning uh, Good morning Comrades, and, uh, and they put up two shows uh, a week, uh, the one that they air live and then the one that they uh, also put up uh, themselves. So just before we shift the conversation over, mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to kind of uh, maybe have you comment uh, on what's happening internationally as well. Mm-hmm. We, we are seeing, uh, uh, you know, we are seeing a time when austerity policies around the world are, uh, at the same time we're seeing dictators and strongmen, uh, right-wing strongmen, uh, are really starting to really... Um, you know, uh, you know, you, you've Too got, bad stuff. You, yeah, you've got <laughs> Bolsonaro, you know, destroying the, um, uh, the, the, the Amazon, the Amazon. Thank you. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, I don't know why I'm forgetting all my names right now. Uh, Erdogan, uh, destroying Syria, mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, certainly, you know, his, uh, incursion with the Turks. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, we, we are seeing a Chile, uh, uh, uprising in the streets. The massive yeah, uprising in the streets. So, of mm-hmm. course, we're seeing Hong Kong uh, as well. So, I mean, yeah, we're Lebanon. just Lebanon as well. Uh-huh. Yep, of course. Uh, and I am sure the Palestinian people would do something as well, but then they'd just be shot to death. Yeah, they'd be just, yeah, just completely just, shelled. They would be like, <laughs> you know, the, and, uh, and and hopefully maybe. Again. I, I am so hopeful, although I think it's just meet the new boss, same as the new boss. Uh-huh. If um, uh, if uh, if Netanyahu actually does have to leave office or if he is thrown in jail, please, please, please dream with me if he's thrown in jail for corruption <laughs> charges like his wife was arrested like a year ago for corruption charges uh-huh. uh, as well um, uh, you know but anyway so yeah so hopefully he'll, he leaves office and we see a little bit better uh, treatment mm-hmm. of Palestinian people but wh- what's happening internationally so essentially the, 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 and again I'm not super up on the specifics but I, uh, but the working class in all of these countries are taking taking it to the streets and there was a really great sign about um, about uh, the that I saw that a Chilean protester was holding up uh, that said neoliberalism was born here and it's it's going to die here. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's in reference right. to the uh, 1973 uh, deposing of Salvador Allende. Uh, on on nine Septem- on nine eleven so, September yeah, eleventh Chile- Chile- Chileans have the original nine eleven <laughs> yeah they have their own nine eleven uh, it's and, when their uh, very their socialist leader was uh, deposed and yeah. replaced by a dictator yeah and 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 there was a this was a coup that was backed by the U S government there was a lot of I'm shocked yeah really? shocked and chagrined <laughs> shocked really um, the U S actually is involved in uh, uh, shadow governments and uh, and dictators uh, yeah. in the southern hemisphere it's empire I'm man shocked. <laughs> um, it's Empire Man, uh, but yeah, and and so yeah, they would send advisors, and they would essentially take uh, what was basically a socially a social democratic um, leader who was putting in social democratic reforms and saying, "Hey, 
you're gone, you know, you know, kill yourself or we'll kill you, you know, that sort of thing. And, and like, like thousands of people were disappeared. And the uh, dictator who was placed in was a general Pinochet, yeah. who was a, a, ty- a tyrant and a, uh, and a dictator. I've been to Chile once, uh, about, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And, it was remarkable. I was staying with some local families. I had some friends that were staying there, and just the, uh, you know, just the way that they socialize. Uh, I, everybody had memories of the time, and they stay indoors a lot. Uh, they, at least at the time when I was there, they were socializing largely indoors because you can't be out at night because mm-hmm. you would be disappeared. So there was all these cultural it's horrifying. Yeah, no, it's really it's it was just, it's horrible. But the Chileans, I mean, can you give us a quick just talk us real quickly about the Chicago School of Economics and how that really kind of gave rise to neoliberalism? So basically, it's it's a, a, a very right wing free market, quote-unquote, based quote approach, unquote. Um, which the entire, I mean, again, the word neoliberalism is bandied about very, very frequently, but but essentially it is taking things that are and have been public goods and putting them into private hands, c- contracting them out to private hands and taking it away from the public. So um, an example of that now would be like PG&E, which is an electrical company in uh, Northern California. California. And they are doing like large scale blackouts to repair their infrastructure. They're a private company, right? They're doing large scale blackouts to repair their to infrastructure pr- that keeps getting destroyed in these wildfires. And <laughs> and so they the part of the reason for that is because of the neglect that goes into it because that is expensive. That costs money to maintain these kinds of, kinds of lines to upgrade them because they ha- they have a profit incentive. Right. They want to s- make money. Right? right. And so they they paid out a billion dollars mm-hmm. to shareholders over the course I think of the last of a decade. Correct. Rather than turning around and putting that money back in literally mm-hmm. into the ground, burying those lines essentially mm-hmm. is what they should be doing mm-hmm. uh, uh, so as to ha- not having them be vulnerable, mm-hmm. be pushed over because of these intense uh, winds that are coming through then those lines uh, become live on the Mm -hmm. ground and then once they hit the dry ground a spark is created i think think last week in la they had hurricane force winds going on like right everybody was like very scared right but uh like speaking to to kind of the pg&e thing they're trying to do that in england with the nhs they're saying oh the nhs is broken doing that nhs is the um the nhs is a national health service in in england and and the Great Britain, and it's. I just wanted to just, just private background for our audience, right? Um, and it is essentially a version of like a socialized healthcare, even though there's a lot of asterisks and workarounds. But go on, Scott. I mean, people they always try to bring up stuff about like, oh, you can't see your doctor for a week, which is like their big complaint. But I don't have healthcare; I cannot see a doctor without <laughs> uh, without being in debt for the rest of my life. Right. No, they, they. I thought I broke my rib last week, and I was like, "Man, I guess I'll just die." Yeah. No, it's it's true. I, I, you know, and 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 I'm also afraid that uh, I'm also afraid that uh, if we do get a uh, Medicare for all, and I guess now is a good time to kind of segue into mm-hmm. Medicare for all. If we do get a Medicare for all uh, system here in the U.S., it'll be a you know, first of all, hallelujah if we get there. Yeah. But it'll be a nonstop onslaught of trying to destroy it, like they have been doing mm-hmm. with Social Security, like they've been. Trying to do with Medicare or any of the common goods mm-hmm. that you were talking about, Jeff, mm-hmm. a moment ago. They be, they've been telling me for the last twenty years I'm not going to have Social Security. Yeah. Right. Well, well, we 
the good thing about something like Medicare for All, though, a program like that, is that the only way that they can, because we've seen this with Medicare and with Social Security and with any kind of large-scale program that, that applies to everyone, uh, and now in Medicare and Social Security's case, it, it, it's specifically to a certain age, uh, over 65, or, or you know, there are other circumstances where you can get... Um, we can qualify for those programs, but uh, when you have a program that 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 touches everybody, that it impacts everybody, um, the only way, like they they they've been trying to get rid of Medicare and or at least privatize Medicare, and they've been find, trying to find ways to um, sort of like roll back Social Security, and they always get pushed back on because these programs are so popular and they benefit people in such a like strong way that the only way that you can even try to attack them is through these really sort of like sneaky workarounds. So if we were to be able to get something like Medicare for all implemented and it's a really good Medicare, like a really good, like everybody in, nobody out, everything's covered, like the, the stuff that Sanders and Warren are talking about, then it would be really difficult any kind of an assault to take that program away because it would like once you get it and once you see how awesome it is there's that, that is a complete losing political I, position I, <laughs> listen i i love i hang on one second scott i love your optimism uh, mm. and i and i share it but i will remind you that john bonaire mm. <laughs> uh, with along with uh president obama they were going to do the grand bargain, uh-huh. and the only reason the grand bargain was going to be able to privatize Social Security because right. ultimately what they want to do is privatize Social Security. Oh, they're going to want to, and they're going to try. Yeah. So the only reason why they weren't able to actually do it was because the Tea Party was so robust, and there were yeah. so many members. The Tea Parties just refused to do anything with Obama, so they actually saved Obama. From himself, from not actually doing uh, the uh, uh, the grand bargain again, Good. which was <laughs> to privatize uh, uh, Medicare and mm-hmm. also uh, Social Security. Scott, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, oh man, what was I going to say? Sorry. Okay. So they, they, they are going to try. I mean, I've never said that they weren't going to try. But sure. but in terms of a direct assault on a fully implemented right. universal right. program, right. that you can't do that. No, you can't absolutely. do it directly. You would need to find as many ways as possible that was, that was to kind Paul of backdoor Ryan's, it. That was Paul Ryan's whole thing. He thought he was like St. George fighting the dragon, but... <laughs> Then he got like set on fire. <laughs> what a freaking what a what a joke he is. Yeah. Just to kind of wrap up the uh, neoliberal thing, I just want to also acknowledge uh, just what a basic a hole uh, and horrible person Milton Freeman uh, is, and boo. how that that dude ended up winning a Nobel Prize for mm-hmm. peace, and that just a uh, Nobel Prize for yes, economics. He accepted with blood all over his hands. <laughs> yes, and just how he unleashed a new uh, uh, form of economic principles that were based on complete uh, capitalism and privatization and really imperialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, him, uh, and, him and Henry Kissinger are just like one hand in the other. Yeah, just two very, 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 very horrible people. Okay, so you and I both... Uh, I hate those uh, guys. <laughs> well, there's that too. You and I sat down and read Elizabeth Warren's uh, plan mm-hmm. today, which was really, again, if anybody's listening uh, and cares about this stuff, please go online, read uh, Elizabeth Warren's uh, health care plan. It's, it's not a plan. I think Bernie, Bernie Sanders has a plan. I think that... What she essentially did, and I, I love how the two of them are working together. You In know, a to they are. how he has the plan, and she actually came up with the way to actually 
pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is the plan to pay for it. And so I'm wondering uh, what uh, what did you take from uh, from sitting down and reading? It's 20 pages. Mm-hmm. It's a you know it's a it's a it's a long read. Uh, but again, it's done simple English with large. If if anything, if you wanted to just kind of avoid reading the details, if you just read her um, the uh, titles of each paragraph or each section, mm-hmm. kind of really lay claim as to what it is that she's going to do. And that's what I figure we're going to probably spend mm-hmm. some time doing right now. So what was your overall take? Do- uh, overall take is that it's better. Like <laughs> this is like the constant refrain for me uh, with Elizabeth Warren is that it's better that if. If there was no like Bernie Sanders plan that already existed, it would be the best plan. <laughs> right. But again, this is the plan to pay. Right. The plan to pay, and that's what a lot of the focus on uh, on this Medicare for All right. pro- program is. Yeah. And their big their big thing is they act like it's a big boondoggle, and like we'll never figure it out. But like actually having it's way simpler. Yeah. Yes. Actually having like the policies, like it's. It's like kind of killing that ghost. No, of course. I mean, you know, yeah, and there's a lot to talk about there. But did you guys see over the weekend, is it Kate Kate Thompson? Is that the uh, SNL? Oh, oh Kate, uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate, Kate, is it Katie McKinnon? Mm-hmm. Did you guys see? She's like, $52 trillion when you get up there. That's just magic math. Because <laughs> <laughs> what is $52 trillion? I mean, that is. Ask? Not a lot. I, 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 I can't. How wrap, many F-35s is that? <laughs> I can't, no, it's, I can't wrap my head around $52 trillion. But I guess that's the number that's bandied around. So let's start with that. $52 trillion is how much uh, health care is going to cost in 10 years. So that's the number that we know in 10 years we're going to have spent $52 trillion. Now, that's let's in the be, current system. That's in the current system. But let's be very very clear now her system she says is also going to cost 52 Mm -hmm. trillion dollars but the difference is is that half of the money uh right now that is being spent on health care goes directly to private insurers right so what straight in the pocket straight into their pocket so when you hear the talking point and you hear Buttigieg and all these other folks that are like or kamala harris who still can't make up her mind on whether or not and who even knows if she's relevant medicare for all for people who are like like small business owners in right, Kentucky yeah. and, and, or whatever. And Buttigieg is Medicare for all who want it. Yeah. And, and then somebody else had Medicare yeah. for America. You know, like, that was screw, the, yeah, that was screw the, all um, of you. Is that Beto? <laughs> no, I think that was the, yeah, that was the one that came out from the, uh, the Pod Save America guys. Oh, they were the oh. ones that were pushing it really, really hard. A lot of it. So the Pod Save America nice. is a bunch that's of... A good, uh, that's a good invitation. Actually, yeah. we, 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 Pod Save America. Those, those are a bunch of former Obama uh, They're Obama people. They're just corporate Democrats. Mm. They're the ones that allowed Hillary to go on air uh, and talk smack about Tulsi Gabbard. And without any... Without any... <laughs> uh, uh, they, she called her... She, basically, Hillary Clinton went on her... Uh, on, on a, a form, Pod Save Pod America. Save America and, and Red baited, red baited. Yeah. Tulsi like, Gabbard is not even a, not even Tulsi like a left winger. Tulsi Gabbard was like, really? We're going back to Russia? Yeah. That's where you're like, that's you get out. Just yeah. shut up. Go and back, pretending that Russia is communist. Go back and walk in the woods. You when, know, like yeah. when did uh, when did Hillary Clinton become Jesse Ventura? Just <laughs> <laughs> like All right, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, Jesse Ventura's like you know. Oh no, no, he's got, like he's like he's yeah. still got the conspiracies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He still has actually. Interestingly, to bring it to just kind of stay on Jesse Ventura for just one minute, uh-huh. he was one of the, and Scott knows this, I think, he was one of the people who originally tried to unionize the WWF years and years ago until Hulk Hogan dropped the dime yeah, on him uh, and told on him. Apparently they were like in the home stretch and they had yeah. it basically like, they were, they gonna, were able to get a vote, they were gonna like, like organized and ready. They were going to like 
go to get a CBA or whatever, and Hulk was like, hey, brother, if you, if you give me some more of that T-shirt money, uh, I'll just tell you some secrets. <laughs> really? Is that how he got sold? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave like, him more like, of a... Yeah, but Hulk Hogan is just so, a just so big yeah. piece of garbage. Hulk Hogan on top of being just... a racist... And oh, actually, a, be careful. He might sue us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on top of being a racist and like a bad person to work with. We don't want to yeah. turn yeah. WHIV well, into hopefully, Gawker. Hopefully, Bezos... I know they just... Yeah, I know. Oh, and, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, too, is uh, Jesse Ventura's, you know... Good guy. Yeah, you know, wasn't he a pretty good guy. governor? Have you met him? I, I have not, but I just I I I I, follow, I listen to him. I follow him. Whatever. Yeah. But, but real quickly, if, anyway. you're tu- if you're tuned in, you're listening to WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. Mark Allendary. I have with me uh, Jeff Barwa as well as Scott Barwa, who are the hosts of Good Morning uh, Good Morning America. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, <laughs> good morning would, Pod Save America, I would comrades. Love if yeah. they were the hosts of Good Morning. <laughs> Michael America. Strahan, come on the show. <laughs> Whenever you do your uh, uh, what is it? The Voice is that what Megan? McCain is on. I would love to my see father, my father, my father, my father. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you could hear them on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. All right. So, super last thing on Jesse Ventura. He actually ended up getting into a union because he did enough movies that he qualified for the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, really? So, he ended yeah, up cool. getting on. And that was the road a lot of wrestlers went I down. I would love to be in a union. <laughs> I've said that before. I know we've talked about a doctor's union. All We're right. going to talk about so, that soon. So, um, 52 trillion over 10 years uh, under uh, the Medicare for All system that would cover all 300. 31 million people including our good friend here Scott yeah, yeah. Uh, who thankfully did not break a rib uh, so he did not die uh, last week everybody would get doctors and the treatments they need when they need them with no more restrictive provider networks no more insurance companies thank God oh yeah we were saying I, this talking point of well we want to give people a choice and people don't want yeah, to leave their is... insurance company who I've never yeah. I'm a doctor I've been working in this system for over 20 years I've never heard any I've heard a lot of people say I love my doctor I mm-hmm. love my nurses. I love I Blue love, Cross. Yeah, like oh my insurance company, man. I, they, I love them. Now, he, folks, listen. Here's the job of an insurance company: they take your money, and then they don't give you anything in return. They deny that you coverage. Is, yes, that is the sole function of a of an insurance company. And if you think otherwise, wake up, folks. All right, Jeff. So, what did you get from uh, what did you get from the? Uh, I, I I think yesterday when you and I were prepping for the show, mm-hmm. um, I. I, I thought that you'd be interested in where she was finding money. And I was just, mm-hmm. did you? Did, I looked through it, and one of the better parts, and, and I also noted that she attacked that choice rhetoric, which is complete. That's the same stuff they use charter schools, too. Right. But, um, but one of the things that I thought was the best in terms of her um, writing on here was the wealth tax. Yes. Okay. So let's start on wealth tax. Okay. So there Big was uh, initially. Me, too. So there was a 2% tax. There is a. Two percent tax on people who earn, or people who have fifty plus million dollars. So they basically just straight up two percent on that. And then originally she had a three, and it's the way I understood it is that that was actually increased to six percent. Yeah, on people who had over a billion dollars, which is like that is not in terms of the amount of money that these people actually need in their lives. It's still not sufficient, but the the it's not sufficient in terms of a, a, a tax. It's not high enough, but at least it's heading in the right direction. Right, and and that's that's at least something. That's, I, in um, my notes here, I don't have here. Oh yeah, no, just doing what you just said right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong. I, that was crackdown tax evasion. That was the wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was that was something too, like a thirty five percent on foreign. Right, foreign, right, right. Uh, Where's the uh, payment reform? Here we go. 
uh, I, I can't find it right off in my notes right now, but I, I forget how much uh, that well tax uh, will end up doing. But essentially, like you said, essentially the idea uh, is to uh, essentially tax the wealthy. Mm-hmm. They the 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 that's remember, a good target. Yeah, the, the remember back in the days, I you know when we are living now in a system of regressive taxes, mm-hmm. when taxes were more progressive, there was something of taxing of uh, almost up to eighty percent. Yeah, the, the marginal tax rate. The marginal. And the, um, I was watching. Uh, like Mad Men, it's a good show to have like a picture in time. And they're talking about like <laughs> he loves Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, they're like, is it even worth it to like get that much money? They're just going to take like sixty percent, <laughs> right? No, I mean, and that's true. And and that when they talk about when they talk about now, I, I don't think that America was great at one point. I think that it was racist and misogynistic, and it was great for a certain sect of people. Mm-hmm. But when they talk about make America great again, what they're really talking about was a strong middle class, right? Mm-hmm. They're talking about a time when we had lots of unions, and there was a great and robust marginal tax rate right. that ultimately got cut once the Reagan mm-hmm. uh, and Reaganomics mm-hmm. uh, uh, started to... Uh, and that was largely why Reagan was put in office, not because he was particularly smart, but he was like a puppet like all the other... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Republican presidents typically are, and he just basically did as 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 uh, as he was told to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, some of the other parts of of the uh, uh, of the um, of her plan also uh, one is by getting rid of uh, uh, insurance companies. What you're going to ultimately do is mm-hmm. you're going to cut uh, it, uh, insured administrative costs. So, R.I.P. <laughs> right, and yeah. so uh, and worst. so that's going to the worst one. <laughs> What is IRP? RIP to the worst one. IRP is what? Re- no, rest in peace to the worst one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, yeah. Get, get by insurance companies, yeah. uh, which is going to generate about $350 billion. When you're talking $52 trillion, that's like a fraction. Mm-hmm. But still, I think that getting getting rid of private insurance is, um, uh, is, is key. That's great. One of the I, – I, uh, the person uh, who wrote Jamila Pri- – uh, Jayapal. Jayapal, thank you. As uh, Bill, which is not unlike what Bernie's bill looks like. They mm-hmm. kind of the, he wrote for the Ber- both of them, yeah, but Bernie co-sponsored it the, the, right. the, the several times. So uh, uh, he's uh, he's a good friend. He's been a mentor of mine for many years. He actually started his own radio station in DC. It's also uh, it's an AM radio station, but it's it's online now. Who's this? His name is. Uh, you just asked me off the top of my head. Oh, sorry. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Oh, for the years, but he but he also started an organization called Social Security Works. Uh, Alex, uh, what's Alex last name? I can't think of it right now. But Alex Lawson, mm-hmm. he's you'll see him all over. Oh, yeah. He salute. He covers uh, for progressive uh, uh, commentaries all the time. When uh, but his primary thing is, is Social Security Works. He's president of Social Security Works. Anyway, he wrote uh, uh, the bill, and one of the things that I asked him. Uh, Hang on a second. He wrote the Jayapal bill? Or wrote he wrote both of them. Okay. He wrote both of them. Uh, and uh, he was part of the team that wrote them. Mm-hmm. But when we had breakfast, I was in D.C. a couple months ago, and we were having breakfast. I asked him, what did you guys? What are you guys going to do with all of the people uh, that were are in the private insurance company right now? And the 3% of the bill, 3% of the overall bill is just uh, reserved for job training mm-hmm. uh, or job retraining and also placing all of these people that are, are not going to get golden parachutes, that right. aren't the CEOs, uh, and making sure that they're going to be cared for uh, once they leave the insurance uh, yeah. uh, industry. Yeah, a just transition of jobs, which comes up a lot of times in uh, – so you were talking in the last hour about um, coastal restoration and things like right. that. When you think about the Green New Deal, right. that's another huge element that is – actually turned out to be kind of contentious right. in terms of how the, the the Green New Deal interacts with, with uh, labor because a lot of the jobs that would be uh, have to be transitioned right. uh, are 
uh, are like union jobs, and and those are certain that that's really an important that we make sure that the jobs that get transitioned over are good paying jobs, right. For, one one of the things that uh, that she's doing here, which I love, is cracking mm-hmm. down on tax evasion and yeah. fraud. Uh, and um, I know that yesterday I had mentioned this to you that for every dollar mm-hmm. that gets placed into the IRS, uh, $6 is recouped. Uh, in other words, when you put more cops on the beat, mm-hmm. they're going to find more tax cheats. Right. And when you find more tax cheats, you're able to collect in taxes and then levy right. fines uh, as well. There's, I, I, They say that there's a – she estimates here she cited 15% tax gap, which to me seems really low. Mm-hmm. I, it has to be more than that. Amazon doesn't pay any taxes Zero. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, uh, to me, that just strikes me. 15% just seems low. But uh, they are essentially missing $7.7 trillion just as a result of tax cheats uh, that <laughs> happen uh, – uh, uh, annually, uh, uh, or, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, over the uh, over ten years. So the way okay. that they're going to fix it, they're going to generate about two point three trillion dollars uh, just by closing loopholes and making sure that they put more "quote unquote" cops on the beat. Mm. Uh, so by really funding a robust IRS, uh, so as to be able to collect more money to pay for this, which is of course going to drive Wall Street. Crazy, mm-hmm. and then today, as I was preparing for this, I was going through, uh, and uh, for some reason, I don't know why, why my browser that is used to me, like why when I typed in, you know, Elizabeth Warren's uh, um, plan uh, to pay for yeah. Medicare, why the first three that I got were Fox News, uh, <laughs> like Conservative Today. I thought you knew uh, me, Google, Wa- and Wall right? I know, <laughs> and Wall Street Journal. Now they they were the most recently put up, and I think right before we went on air, I think we talked about. That now that they've had an opportunity to read through uh, the, uh, and I think I predicted this yesterday. I go, mm-hmm. and I think I said, if the Wall Street Journal comes out, you know, hardcore on this, then we know that she has a good plan. And boy, did they eviscerate her! Mm-hmm. And when I read through there, uh, and it was stupid. It was like, oh, can you? It was like pearl clutching. This is they're different. Gonna, they're going to yeah. tax us, yeah. and they're going to close off all of our loopholes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was. I was actually uh, – I think the IRS released something recently. Somebody asked them a question. They were like, why do you always uh, like target low-level people instead of like the uh, – like instead of the uh, like the corporate like moneyed people? And they're like, well, it's cheaper because they have really good lawyers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that, that's, that's actually true. Absolutely. Um, and, and there's no question about that. You know, the, mm-hmm. the other thing I was going to say that I loved as well um, was the immigration reform. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. You know, the idea of being able to tax – uh, if you're able to give folks and legalize them mm-hmm. uh, and and bring them out of the shadows, we're talking about like what 12 million people that we can bring out of the shadows and then start to tax them, yeah. right? And, and, we, and, and once these people are in less precarious positions, they actually can demand higher wages too. Absolutely, there was a, a thing, and that's higher wages for everybody. Like going back to England, they were some recent thing where they were talking about uh, like Sean Connery and stuff. People that live in. Uh, other countries, they'll they'll have all these tax oh, things, yeah. and a bunch of these millionaires were like, "Oh, hey, uh, if Jeremy Corbyn gets elected, we're just going to move to another country." We, we were talking about that yeah, yesterday. We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, that there was uh, immediately that uh, I, w- I read an article over the weekend. I think it was the Guardian that said that there were that attorneys were saying that their clients were, were already calling them uh, having capital flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, capital flight. Yeah. That were on cue to be able to immediately uh, uh, shift money, mm-hmm. right? So that was one of the things, and you bring up a great point, Scott. That one of the points of the bill 
also was to go to 35 countries that are known to house multinational corporations and find these companies yeah. and tax them 35 percent. Shake them down. That's I mean, right. if only down. there was some. Yeah. If only there was a bunch of papers from a, a Central American country <laughs> that uh, that you know we could Scott's have. Scott's referring the road to now. the Panama, Panama Papers. papers. Yeah. <laughs> um, another source where she was able to find money uh, was also by cutting the military by 800 billion dollars. She mentioned the F-35 actually. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, Which is the, so the F thirty five is one of the biggest like money sink boondoggles in the history I mean, of, of. I used to be in the military, the US military, and I would read all these like the Air Force Times would always put out these things. They'd be like, "Oh, the the F thirty five is like flying great now, but the the life support systems are poisoning people." <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was probably a year ago. It might be dated F thirty five news, and I don't have like F thirty five put on my Google alerts. But I know that they had a problem with like flying in the rain. <laughs> Something like Jesus, that, really? and it's just this is yeah, you know like, multi million, multi billion dollar development project. <laughs> this F thirty five can't fly in the it's rain. Always yeah. got like the dumbest problems. They'll be like, can the seats even fit in there? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> these boondoggles, and and of course this these monies defense that, contractor uh, yeah. is just a complete giveaway. Right. So so let me ask you this: What do you think um, the likelihood is? H- how hard are the lobby? I mean, right now our system is. I mean, I know that Elizabeth Warren she came up with this anti corruption bill about six weeks ago. It was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was very, very good, and and it, and it seemed as though that the first thing they they have to do is they have to change the rules of the game mm-hmm. if they're going to get any of the progressive um, uh, b- uh, bills through. Because right now, a lot of these uh, politicians are still taking bribes in the form mm-hmm. of campaign donations. Yeah, that's what they are. And, they're bribes. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, uh, and, and that's where I think Warren falls a little bit flat because. Her approach, I, I could be quick. Uh, her approach is very, very much an insidery game. Her, her, her appeal is to largely professional class. I don't want to say like, like mostly white people, but like there's diversity there, of course. Um, now, the, the, the problem becomes that's not mass movement politics. And, and I don't like it, it would be a much less likely, at least from where I'm sitting, to see. Uh, a Medicare for all implemented from that approach as opposed to the Sanders approach, which is to develop that mass action to activate working people and have them be the, the driving force for change in the country, not change it from the top, change from the bottom up is what the, um, the, the thing that I see. Absolutely, Scott. Did you have something? Or? Uh, uh, very good. Very eloquent. No, I, 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 oh, gr- I agree uh, 100%. Of course, this is what we're seeing with Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, this is something that we're seeing. It, you know, as, Corbyn for Christmas, baby. Yeah. I God, please, please, please. It, who's the monster he's running against? Uh, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, oh, yeah. the guy who looks like uh, Uncle Fester with hair. Yeah. Or I like to say a clown before he gets his makeup <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, uh, we uh, have about 20 seconds or about 40 seconds. So I just wanted to say thank you uh, to... Uh, some of the co-hosts uh, for Good Morning Comrades. If you guys liked what we heard uh, uh, today in this hour, you will hear more from them on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. on 102.3 WHIV. Uh, you can find their podcast on our website too at, uh, at whivfm.org. And if you go to On Demand, uh, you will see uh, the Good Morning Comrades and you'll be able to download and listen to their podcast uh, as well. Jeff Barwa and Scott Barwa, thank you so very much. Uh, it has been such a pleasure. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, tune in next week will be live from the Ace Hotel where we're going to have the mayor's office talking about the uh, four initiatives they're going to have. Uh, coming up next is Mark Thomas with Mega Music Monday. Thank you.